You are about to witness history in the making. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Pop Culture Gamers podcast. We've got a special today. I am uh, joined today by developers and uh, from out of the uh, out of the bit, who are releasing a new game, Full Void, which is currently on Steam, but is also coming on Xbox and is coming on the Evercade as well as a single release, which we'll get into uh, very shortly. I've been very lucky to try out the game. There are Achievement Hunter videos coming, so don't worry, we'll get you through all of those sort of things as well. But just want to introduce you to everybody. So, um, Ali, do you want to go first? Yeah, thank you very much. We're very excited to be here. Uh, So I'm Ali Motisi, the company director, and I'm joined today by Miles and Leah. Yeah, we're artists as well, so we've been doing the pixel art for Full Void and the animation. Yeah, I also take care of the um, um, programming of the game. I'm the main developer of the game. Yeah, I have to admit, I've been playing the game and uh, I love it. I think it's absolutely, oh. absolutely great. I, it's a very sort of, um, it's it's a great homage to, you know, sort of like those games like Flashback and Another World and stuff like that, which I'm sure is probably where your inspiration came from. Um, so if just to start off, just to uh, sort of like get everybody's um, gaming chops, as it were, um, tell us about your all of your video game histories where did you start uh, what systems did you start on and uh, you know what have you had over the years as well of course so we got different experiences so i'll start and then you guys yes. uh, joining with your experience mm-hmm. so myself i grew up in a small village in uh, sicily in italy and there wasn't much uh, <laughs> to do but at some point my neighbor got a commodore 64 and it was like the best thing ever. We would play the Commodore 64. It would take ages to load any game, but it was amazing nevertheless. So I really wanted one and I, you know, begged my parents, get me one, get me one. And they went out and got me a BBC Micro instead. But having said that, I was a kid, I was very happy with it. And I learned to program. So the BBC Micro came with a manual to program in basic and then advance to, uh, you know, machine language and stuff like that. And I really, you know, uh, love the machine and play with it a lot. And it kind of exposed me to a lot of the British scene as well, because there were a lot of British developers on the BBC Micro, of course. Later on, I move on to the Amiga, uh, which is my main love as a computer. Like I did lots of things with the Amiga, games, music. Uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> love the Amiga. And so I also play Mega Drive and Super uh, Nintendo friends' houses as well. And, uh, you know, and then I move on to the PC. Uh, but the Amiga was like the core of you know, programming or like playing games, making uh, graphics with deluxe paint and animations and creating music with Pro Tracker, all that kind of creativity, creativity as well. So th- th- that's my experience in terms of computers, in terms of games, obviously. Uh, all the games on the BBC Micro, the, you know, the most famous ones. And then on the Amiga, like you mentioned, Another World, uh, Prince of Persia as well, 
flashback. Uh, Bullfrog games as well, Syndicate, and uh, all the games from Team Team Seventeen and Sensible Software as well. Beat my brothers. That's that's my bread and butter basically in terms of my background. That that's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how you, you you know obviously grew up in Sicily. You said, and yet a lot of your background is almost exactly the same as my yeah, shades because <laughs> you speak to people who you know come from other countries and then it's like you, you know you sometimes it's completely different yeah so it's like and it's like because the bbc over here when i was at school yeah uh, in the 80s was uh yeah unfortunately far too old for that i know i don't look it but uh, <laughs> It, it, that that was the school machine that you had you know that that was what yeah. every school had was the bbc micros model a's model b's and masters yeah so, yeah oh fantastic so that's my background i don't know yeah Hi. so um for for my background i'm uh in my mid-20s and this is miles as well for for the audio listeners i guess um i started off i guess my first console was the playstation 2 and so my parents bought that and I used to play that with my brother and my parents and uh, they would destroy me on like SSX tricky um, and then a great game great game and I played like most of the sequels as well and then I think the the games that I really enjoyed most were the mascot platformers so things like Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank um, those are like the big two and so my introduction to gaming was was through the PlayStation 2 um, after that, I then had a Game Boy and got into Pokemon. And that was probably like my first introduction to pixel art too, was Pokemon and sprites, that sort of thing. And then I had a DS and a Wii and all of the sort of consoles. At some point, then I also had a computer and I played a lot of Flash games, actually. So at school, we'd always play Flash games and at home, I'd play Flash games. Um, and then I got into Scratch, um, so making games using the visual coding language so that's from MIT that and uh, I made loads of games on that and that was my first introduction to video game development right. and I think the reason that um, I've ended up in pixel art is probably because of scratch when it was first released um, the canvas was limited to I think like 480 by 360 pixels and so we were forced to do pixel art within that um, and so I fell in love with that and I did a lot of like Pokemon spriting as well um and yeah and then since then i've always been a um a pc gamer i'd say played lots of things like dota 2 which i've now stopped doing and um recently then got into Baldur's gate 3 so it's it's the pc gaming which has really taken a hold of me but my origin is those playstation 2 games and i would always love to make something like that as well well if you, if you could have start off on a platform playstation 2 is a tremendous platform to start yeah. off with, definitely yeah, my PlayStation 2 is still running as well. So whenever I go back to my parents, I always put in some of those classic games. And yeah, I've soft modded mine so that I've put on all of my old ROMs onto a hard drive as well. It's a great way of uh, being able to do it. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm Leo. Uh, I'm the youngest one in the company. Um, uh, so my background is uh, I have very little experience with retro games and things like that. Um, but I did also grow up with a PlayStation 2 because um, I had an older brother that kept playing on it. Um, so yeah, similar background to Miles actually, like Jack and Dexter was one of my favorite games there. Um, also played SSX and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, and also had a Game Boy, um, played lots of Pokemon on that as well. Um, 
after that, my brother kept buying the new PlayStations, so I would um, start getting into like shooters, like Call of Duty and things like that. Um, and that's where like kind of we drifted more apart. Mm. Um, I went more with the modern games, like um, yeah, Call of Duty, uh, and then with the PlayStation Four, uh, I would start playing um, mostly yeah, Call of Duty actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, all I can think of at the moment. Um, and uh, then I got into League of Legends, uh, biggest mistake. <laughs> um, I was playing on my, on my MacBook uh, for the longest time, also throughout university. Uh, so I was quite limited with the types of games I could play because MacBook is not very gamer friendly. Um, so most of my yeah, um, game time was League of Legends and Minecraft. And then only <laughs> recently did I transition to a proper PC that my friend helped me build. Um, and then I got to start exploring more games on Steam and mostly just taking recommendations from everyone on the team now. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's my background. Yeah, oh great. So yeah. what are all of your favorite systems then? Do you, do you have a favorite one? Yeah, again, I, I already said the Amiga. I also went to the Amiga uh, event that Ravi Abbott uh, put on um, last July, which was amazing. This, there is still a great community of Amiga players. I do have an Amiga 1200 now, which is modded with a SD drive, and it's got lots of games and stuff. It's still a great community, just for fun, not for business. Yeah. And uh, Mega Drive also like uh, Sega in general. Uh, obviously, Nintendo Switch and the classic... Um, I also left out the second part. I also went into PlayStation mm. 1, 2, and 3 as well. And I stopped at 3, to be fair. Mm. I still have my PlayStation 3. I never felt, because then I'm playing more on Steam at the moment, so I never felt like upgrading. So I'm playing on Steam and my Nintendo Switch as well. Those are my, my top at the moment. Yeah, I mean, like, PlayStation 2 for me is it, it holds a special place in my yeah. heart. That, um, But I would say PC now is my favorite, just the flexibility of it. Being able to play multiplayer, that's really what, what draws me to gaming is the sort of social aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with Miles as well. PC is just the most versatile, in my opinion, and just the library is huge. Um, and you have more freedom yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. On that note, I have to say, we got a Steam Deck in the office for to port Full mm. Void, and I fell in love with the Steam Deck. It's a oh, great machine. It is, yeah. I've got one as well. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've been... Yeah. Slowly upgrading mine. I've got um, the Gully Stick Hallmark sticks mm. put in, so get rid of stick drift. I'm going to be doing a video on that shortly. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a great little one tinkering, and you can take it right to bits. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, well, it's brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, full void. Like when we first ported it onto the Steam Deck as yeah. well, it fits so nicely onto that resolution. So for Pixar yeah. games, it's really nice to play as well. And it, and it looks great on, on the Steam Deck as well. I must admit, I played it on there as well. And, amazing. You know, <laughs> amazing. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, okay, so obviously, you know, we've mentioned some of the influences, but what would you say sort of like in terms, because um, out of the bit, you've done some different sort of games, uh, a soccer game and like a sort of micro machine sort of style game. What would you say some of your bigger influences in terms of, gaming generally yeah definitely again i kind of wanted to recreate the games and loved as a child but also give them a modern twist so yeah. take you know those games and 
now we got more memory, we can do more animation pixel art. Some of the games we got online, like Super Arcade Football and Super Arcade Racing, you can play online and we got cross-play. So you can play on iPhone, you can play on Android, you can play on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PC, uh, and you know, there's cross-play as well. Uh, the game is also bigger, it's got more features, and it's got our own twist that we add to each game. So it's not a copy of the games of the past, it's just in the same, uh, like a spiritual success in a way, or like an evolution, like Flashback or Another World was to Prince of Persia. It's like, it's similar game, but with their own twist and their own story. And um, so yeah, that, that's that's for me what inspired me to create those games. Um, I don't know about you guys, if you want to jump in, add anything? No, I'll let you go firstly, because you were on the project <laughs> well, sooner right, than I yeah, was. Right, yeah, I joined the project at the very start of it. Um, so Fovoid has been the one game that I've been working on now uh, for the past two years yeah. with Ali. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, similar kind of like Ali told me to try out Limbo and Inside, and they're just amazing games that like we really could take a lot of inspiration from. and. I had um, some experience with, um, what, was, what was it called, um, Nightmare? Ah, Little Nightmare. Little Nightmare, well. yeah. yeah, Little yeah. Nightmare. Um, yeah. Although it's like, I'm, I'm not the, the best horror game player, let's just say <laughs> that. <laughs> I get spooked quite easily. Um, but I, I love the vibes of Little Nightmares and uh, wanted to get some of that into the game as well. Yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I joined sort of a year into Full Void, so what I sort of brought to the project wasn't like the initial inspirations and actually a lot of the um, games that uh, Full Void is inspired by are quite new to me and so I guess there's a, there's a sort of benefit of that in that because I'm not that familiar with the source material I can bring in my own ideas from other games that I've played. Um, I really like puzzle games things like Professor Layton so I really wanted to get into the puzzle aspect of that and um, you know I've played games like Portal and other puzzle platformers but not the retro kind so it was sort of bringing the art style into the game but then when it came to the game design it was sort of newer fresher ideas as well and I, I think then combining that and learning as well from Ali and all of the references that that I would then played I think is quite a fun fun aspect of the of the development yeah and, and I think the game does have some really good sort of like puzzle aspects there was one bit that got me where you've got the four pipes and you've got yeah. to overheat them. And it was sort of like, yeah. kept trying to go and do the same loop of trying to send a robot yeah. to do one, me do the other, then run down the bottom. And it was just not quite the amount of time to do that. But yeah. when I figured mm -hmm. it out, it was sort of like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad we put the checkpoint in there because yeah. during our playtesting, <laughs> people will die. We have to redo the entire section. So, okay, let's put a checkpoint. And that's one of the things we want to do. We don't want yeah. to be so unforgiving. You take some of the classic, and they're like unplayable without save states. Oh, yeah. Because that's the way games were back then. But now things are different. In that sense, uh, Full Void is also a modern game, a bit like uh, Limbo or Inside as well. Or yeah. Little Nightmares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. It's, it's a great sort of like blend of the old and what was the best of the old and the best of the new. Puzzle. Yeah, that, that's what we try. Mm. Well, I think you've succeeded on that one. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. So uh, one of the things that you mentioned as well, another game, because um, you said that Inside uh, as one of the inspirations. I don't know if you've ever played Planet Alpha. Not really. No, hmm. that's that's one that's worth a, a look because it's yeah. kind of like it's like a, a futuristic version of um, 
of uh, inside you know got alien robots taking over this world there's no dialogue or anything like that but another great little game i, I was I, I remember seeing the developers there you know way back at uh, egx or something other like that i'll check it out thanks yeah sounds interesting yeah it is it's a good game um okay so ali if i come to you first obviously uh, you're the founder of out of the bit yeah uh, so what inspired you really to sort of like found the company and what's your sort of vision? Yeah, uh, like I said, I love computer ever since I was like eight when I got my BBC Micro. And one of the things I love was going to the um, uh, newsstand and get uh, magazines, like gaming magazines. And I love reading like reviews, but also previews of the game, our work in progress or dev diaries as well. That really inspired me. I was reading I remember Team 17 diaries at some point and the fact that they I don't know they said we go to the pub and we sketch out the new game that really is like that like, yeah that's what I want to do in a way but obviously it took, took me a bit of time to get a degree and then move to England and start my company you know life gets in the way and stuff kids but I got there in the end so I got my company and I'm trying to uh, follow the dream of creating games uh, I like yeah, I'd like to play and now also games I like to play together with my my kids I got two daughters they're twins and we like to play games together but mm. many games it got like violence and gore and I, I, I kind of play them with, with the kids so that's why Food Void even though it's a bit spooky you can actually play as a family together but it's nothing like there is no violence or gore as opposed to other games for instance yeah uh, so yeah I guess to answer your question that it was reading magazines and looking at other developers back in the day really inspired me so yeah I don't know you guys obviously that's more for the company but you can answer that as well in the sense what you got into gaming as well yeah well i mean i think also particularly with game development as well and i i'm sort of going to hijack this question in a way of like talking about out of the bit and why i quite like this company because full void's quite a, a pivot from a lot of our other games it's sort of the first within that element and for me as well is these really creative games, very story driven, very art based. And so that's why I really like Out of the Bit as a company and what we're trying to do and our sort of, our, I don't know, motto or, you know, the idea behind that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you've released a few games. You've got Super Arcade Race and Super Arcade Football. Um, what was your motiva motivation for developing these games? Because I, I think I can see where it came from, but I just thought yeah. you'd be interested to get your your view on it. Yeah, again, I was a fan of uh, Sensible Soccer back in the day. I play other games as well, similar type of games. Uh, and uh, I really wanted to have my own twist. Uh, we you know, wanted to have a game that you could play together with uh, friends as well or family uh, in a co-op scenario or versus so in super arcade football for instance you can play together in the same team against the ai or you can do like two versus two uh, so you know it's a family game or an office game let's say you can set up a, a custom tournament league or knockout tournament and play together in the office save the state and maybe continue which is something we do as well so it's you know and plus add the online and also stupid modifiers like meteorites and stuff like that so you know it starts from like a sensible uh, soccer kind of baseline but then we had uh, lots and lots of features um it's something i really like felt was missing in the market because many football games are quite complex nowadays which is yeah. great again uh, there's a market for that i remember a few before i started working on super arcade football 
a friend of mine got an Xbox and asked me to play FIFA together with him. I haven't played FIFA since a PlayStation 2 or something. And I really struggled with it. I had to take, I don't know, 10 minutes to learn the controls. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a simple arcade game. Just You can just pick up and play. Mm. It's one button, the stick, and that's it. And kids can play it. Uh, we went to many exhibitions and people absolutely love uh, Super Arcade football. And the same is true for racing. I really like the idea of top-down racing games. And I just wanted to I just wanted to make one to play myself with a story. And it's a bit retro. It's set in the 80s as well. So there is a lot of synth music. Uh, it's just something I wanted to do and had this idea of creating this game. It's just fun. It's just fun to create a world with its own like uh, obstacles and uh, characters and make it alive. Uh, but yeah, the reference could be many top-down classic games, uh, racing games, uh, something even Team 17, like uh, Overdrive from Team 17, for instance, similar type of game. So that, that's that's a kind of inspiration behind it. Yeah, because I, yeah. um, I did think that um, the Super Arcade Football was very reminiscent of Kickoff back on the Commodore. Well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Kickoff goal, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. So. Uh, obviously, your latest game, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the inspirations, but uh, Full Void's obviously out now on Steam and on coming on Xbox on the 12th. Um, can you tell us what the game is about and where you came from the ideas in terms of that sort of like creative structure for the game? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Again, Full Void tells the story of a teenager uh, that something is strange in this world, right? Something's gone wrong and you're alone. Uh, all the people are inside their houses, so you you know start again. I won't spoil the game, but something something happened clearly. Something's not right, and people are at home. They are connected to some VR machine, and it's up to you to discover the story. Uh, in a way, that's kind of a metaphor. What happened during lockdown, where mm. many people couldn't go out, uh, no one was on the street, people working from home, so they stay connected. From that, so kids will see parents connect all the time, maybe felt alone. So we just wanted to combine the feeling, or kids felt like uh, kind of the way they felt during lockdown. I know because I know what my kids felt when yeah. school was shut down and they couldn't go to school. It was really hard for them. Obviously, they understood the importance of lockdown, but it still was a change, a sudden change. It was imposed to them, and that's what we wanted to explore in a gaming world with full void. Uh, and again. As you play the game, you discover more, uh, but things are like a metaphor for something else as well. So there is a double side to Full Void. In terms of gameplay, it's a classic cinematic puzzle platformer. Uh, we also added uh, the ability to hack machinery as well in the game. And there are like uh, some mini games and also some voxel art, which we mix together with the pixel art and Miles and Leo did some of the voxel art as well. So it combines really well with the graphic style of the game. It doesn't clash. So that, that's pretty much it. I don't know if you guys would like to add anything to it. Yeah? No, I think you pretty much summed yeah, it all yeah. up. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, I mean, what, where I became aware of the game is obviously, I think, it's a very great thing for, for yourselves as well is the fact that the game was also highlighted as the uh, first ever Evercade. Uh, cartridge is that's a solo release um, and you've also got the special edition which I have to admit as soon as I saw it I went on to 
whatever website it was where you know the primary place doing it and I ordered the special edition version because I thought <laughs> like the look of that um, but there's um, been a, a few indie releases such as like Indie Heroes and a couple of ones with just two on the cartridge what led you to sort of like go to the Evercade platform and you know how did that exclusive sort of like deal you know how, how did that form yeah, uh, it was a great um, kind of thing that happened. Uh, we kind of for a time, for some time, considered creating our own console, like to put these kind of games and work with other developers. But such a big endeavor to do, and then we became aware of Blaze, and we said, okay, those guys are doing, it, which is fantastic. Uh, but I also happened to go to an exhibition, which was in Nottingham over December, a gaming exhibition. And I met uh, uh, Liam and Mark from the Evercade uh, fan magazine. And they told me, okay, you got those games, you should get in contact with those guys to port your game, that your games are really good fit for this platform. And I cannot thank them enough because they, I got to the hotel and I got an email from Liam saying, I put you in contact with the CEO and CTO of the company. And I said, yeah, you, thank you very much. And then I got in touch with them and they came to the office in Wimbledon in London and we got to know each other and they saw Full Void and they say, oh, we really like this game, uh, let's talk. And then things move on from there. Uh, we came up with the other special edition as well. And since we got our own engine in the game, uh, so we were very old school with everything from scratch, we got our own engine in C and it's quite easy to port to different platforms. That's why we support so many platforms. Uh, so we got in touch and we managed to do a native port for Evercade, taking advantage of the entire machine, uh, which was quite easy and Raf is not here today, but it's one of the developers, he helps with porting. And he did a fantastic job and he had the best time porting the game to Evercade. The guys at Blaze have been fantastic to work with, they've been really helpful and very enthusiastic and coming up with ideas as well for what to put in the box for the standard edition and special edition. We had this idea of doing a comic as well in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so we put a comic with the backstory of the game and then we put uh, uh, an art book on the um, special edition. So maybe the guys can tell more about those two items. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the whole sort of collaboration with Blaze was such a fun experience because yeah. obviously coming into this, I was expecting to just be doing a lot of pixel art and then we get this opportunity and, you know, you get to do a bit of graphic design as well. But we're brainstorming all these ideas of like, what can we put in this box? We can do like stickers, we could do, because I think we've got stickers in it now, don't yeah. we? Uh, you know, we could do badges, maybe even like a, a vinyl figurine, but you know, we, we didn't end up going down that route. But there were so many different ideas. And I think I, I suggested the art book or someone suggested the art book and then we ended up making that. And that was really fun as well, because for me, coming onto the project late, um, I got to see a lot of the early development images that I hadn't actually seen initially. And so collating all of that together into one pile and really reflecting on the the artistic process for the project gave like such a great cohesive view. And I think it's just a really exciting thing as well to share with people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then working on the manual as well. And then just the whole idea of, of, of designing the cartridge so you know we got to pick out the colors and we did the graphics with the cartridge and it it just all sort of seamlessly came together yeah in just in this nice tangible physical product which really is something special as well mm, yeah 
Yeah, Leo helped with the oh, comic right. as yeah. well with the backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the, yeah. Drawing the comic, it was fun also to like mess around, and we were like, oh, we kind of want to go for like a this kind of like retro style since it's not pixel art. You know, we had again more freedom to mess around with that as well. Mm. We thought about, oh, how can we tell like the backstory of the game and uh, make it really something like that people want to read and yeah. uh, have. Uh, it was super fun working on it with everyone. Yeah. yeah, and again, Blaze was great, and uh, I have to say, what they put together is unbelievable, and it's such a good value for money, both the normal and special edition. Not just our game, you know, uh, anything they put out is really great value for money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they do the uh, free, you know, game every month as yeah. well. Because uh, I've literally, I've just put out a video today <laughs> on that, but my, you know, my VS is, is right to hand because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got most of my uh, my stuff around me uh, here. So the the they're great consoles, but presumably the development, um, I know you said that it was a, is an easy part to, to do sort of like natively, but presumably it, it must be very different working to do stuff from Microsoft to do stuff for Epicade, is it? Or is it a pretty similar process? Uh, true in a way, but it's quite similar to Linux and uh, like uh, Steam Deck, for instance. So mm. we already had done that. So it was very easy to adapt the Linux port to the Evercade. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, brilliant. So uh, Leon, Miles, if, if just come on to you guys. Um, is Full Void the first game that you've been involved with in the development with, or have you been involved in other projects? If so, which ones? Sure. So um, Full Void is the second game that I've worked on. Um, before that, I worked on a game called Shadows of Doubt, which is a PC game which got released earlier this year in early access, and that's a voxel-based game. And so it was coming from that project onto this. I brought a lot of the sort of knowledge that I learned from that within the art style as well. So that's a sort of cyberpunky um, neo-noir art style, low resolution. And that, that was a great project to work on. And then this as well, um, kind of completely different because in there I was working 3D, now I'm working much more 2D. But because it was a voxel-based game, I was able to use the knowledge of voxels that I had learned there and bring it over to this project and use it in a completely different way, something really creative. And that mm. was really fun. It brought like such a different element to some of the puzzles as well, really expanded what we could do. Uh, and then before that as well, I've done like game jam games and stuff. And I used to make a lot of games with my brother as well. So, but in terms of full release games, this is my second. In my case, this is my first game. I joined the company at the start of the project. Um, and before that, I just had a very art based background and was very like um, uh, catered towards comic kind of art. Uh, and with a bit of background animation as well. So it was also really fun to bring all of the all of that knowledge into this project, which is entirely pixel based yeah. um, and kind of find a nice mix uh, to make it just look even nicer than it already is. Yeah, cool. So in terms of um, the game itself, obviously you've got a very sort of like distinct art style um, in there. Uh, which is clearly inspired by games like Another World and Flashback and other games of that sort of era. But how did you go about developing the look for your game? Um, well, from the start, uh, Ali already had this vision that he he just had in mind, like, oh, I want this to be kind of this dark setting where the light kind of guides you, right? And really let the kind of like um, 
the light be the main source of um yeah uh, gameplay gameplay essentially yeah and we have it like linked together and then just make it look really cool right um and then so it was a lot of just trial and error of trying to like um iterate and get that one image that like clicked with what what we have in mind right um and then when miles joined as well uh he managed to add all of his knowledge and experience onto that and became this this mix of like um Ali's vision and our our knowledge and our own vision as well um, into this final product. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you also had Dave Swan as well right. at the initial development of the game. And so there was a few prototypes and you can see this in the art book as well on the Evercade. Um, there's, it looks completely different, but it's also very similar. So the level design is the same, but it's a different art style. It's almost more Metroidvania. Right. Um, and much more retro aesthetic as well, um, because Dave is like a classic retro pixel artist. Yeah, yeah. And then so it was much lower resolution as well. And then Leo did a ton of concept art with this bright colors. And so when I came onto the project, it was like, this is what we want to achieve. This is what we currently have. And then I brought, you know, my, my pixel, art, pixel art knowledge into that. And um, yeah, and then, you know, showed Leo some stuff and then he showed me some stuff and we just sort of went with it from there and even like from the start there's an evolution within the art style throughout the game and um, you may be able to see this as well um, and so some bits are like really really strong as well and we sort of build on it throughout so yeah yeah, yeah. we should also add towards the end of the project we also added tom yeah. to the project he's a also pixel artist and animator and he brought a lot of uh, knowledge and really um did a fantastic job with the, all the animations and the intro and then together with Leah and Miles, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you're through playing the whole game. I, I did think each area has its own sort of style as well. So, when, you know, when you're starting out sort of like in the wilderness, going through the trains, going through, uh, you know, the, the sewers and then, you know, the, um, the, you know, the building and, you know, the power station and all, yeah, yeah. All, all of that sort of thing. And yeah. they all they are very consistent with each other but also each area has its own look which yeah. is really uh, really cool i mean one of the things that struck me about playing the game as well is it's got a very sort of atmospheric sound effect with it and obviously it's important when you're producing a game that the sound and the visuals you know marry each other up so how did you you know go about marrying up the audio with yeah. the visual sort of effects. Yeah, there was uh, something we had in mind from the beginning to have uh, very little music, uh, mostly ambient sounds in the games to immerse you in the atmosphere and use music really when it was important, like a chase or the ending, for instance, so the, the intro, you know, some comics. So what we did, we worked with Robin. She's very, very talented. She's super young and also retro at the same time. And she can create music in mod uh, format, like the Amiga Tracker format. Uh, also exports sounds with very low footprint in terms of uh, megabytes and stuff. So she did a fantastic job to give us a good base for all the sound effects and then the music. She took care of the main soundtrack and everything else. She's very easy to work with as well. And then also towards the end of the project, Jack joined, um, um, joined us to work on the game. Um, he did an amazing job with the ambient music and the spooky sound effects and uh, really, really brought the game to the next level of like 
uneasy and scared, like feeling scared when you play the game and really jump scare feeling of being surprised. Uh, did such a fantastic job. Really knew what uh, he needed to do and just went one level after the other. We iterated a lot to have the right feeling, uh, but I think he just got it straight away and did in yeah. three months he did an yeah. amazing job. Yeah, towards yeah. the end of the project. Yeah, so and, and then in terms of like marrying those visuals as well to the audio, uh, so a lot of what we did, we didn't have the audio to begin with. We sort of just came up with the ideas and we would, you know, use films as references and then we would pass those on to Jack and sort of explain like, oh, this is what we what we would like. And then we'd say, OK, a little bit more horror, a little bit less. And actually, when he then came on to the project as well, it was really exciting because he yeah. really brought to life the visuals that we, we'd envisioned and really that horror and tension aspect of the game. So there were some areas that we added later on in the development once Jack had joined when we really understood what, what the project, like how to really maximize that ambience. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then there was a lot of a lot of sort of just um, yeah, you, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'll just leave yeah, it there. No, yeah, no, you, you did mention a few times, like, oh, I look at this area now, and it feels different just yeah. because of the audio. Like, yeah. uh, really, really, like, yeah, actually, that changed was, experience. That's you what I was. Yeah, because yeah, we got we've got Easter eggs in the yeah, game, yeah. and so there was one where um, Leo had done a concept for it, and then I was tasked to tidy it up, and I did that, and then Jack put audio onto it, and then I looked at it and went, "This is far too happy with the audio that he's put." <laughs> I now could like visualize a way to really bring that sort of horror quality to it. And so I just like completely darkened the space and made it way more eerie and unnerving. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, cool stuff. So in terms of um, obviously there are several different types of area, uh, enemies. We've got uh, the main sort of like style robot that chases after you in different scenes, the dog, spider, centipede and a worm. Um, what were sort of like your inspirations for some of those designs either in games or in you know films or whatever and how did you go about them and were there any designs that didn't quite hit the you know or hit the room floor as it were and didn't appear in the game yeah maybe Leo, you can take this one yeah. because it's um, weird. it was really fun to come up with that yeah design. yeah uh, especially from the very beginning of yeah, a right. very different concept yes right yes um well when we first started designing the game and we're like kind of picking so the direction of full void was it going to be like action or like horror or sci-fi um during our first um prototype the the very first enemy that they've mm -hmm. uh, actually animated was a grandma that would chase after you yeah i know it's, yeah um which is a bit different from what we have now um, yeah yeah so we started off with uh, with a grandma chasing you um well she was scary uh, in her people, own way, people yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people would kind of try to like turn around and fight back, uh, which was not what we intended for them to do. Uh, so uh, from there, we started iterating a bit more, and we started having just kind of like a big, big guy essentially, yeah. kind of like chasing after, just so like you don't try to fight back. Um, then we we realized a lot of people still kind of fight back because if you have a gaming background, you're not scared of a big guy. You know, you you, you can probably beat one. Um, so um, so we decided to stray away from a human figure and start going with something more alien instead. And that kind of also fit into the whole world that we've built. Uh, so it just made sense. Um, so then yeah. We, yeah, we, we started going towards more alien figures. 
and that's around the time when Miles joined as well. Yeah. That was when we were reworking these enemies that chase after you. So Miles actually designed the first um, the first enemy that you'll encounter in, in the game. Um, the what, what do we call him? Um, we we yeah. called him the boogeyman. Yeah. In, in the, yes. Just because it's sort of that's what the kids <laughs> would, would name yes. him. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know it's this generic creature that's just running around yeah. capturing. Yeah. Um, kids and like that sort of design as well was inspired by a lot of what leo had had and i just sort of came on and just tweaked a few things and mm. did it in yeah. pixel art um yeah. but yeah and then and then the rest of the creatures as well um i mean it, i'm gonna try explain it without too many spoilers but a lot right. of it is sort of based on animals essentially is the idea is animals that are weird um and we wanted to give a sense for players to be like something's not quite right about this animal why is that? And then you sort of learn throughout the story of like where yeah. these things have come from. Yeah, exactly. I can add as well. At the time uh, we were changing the enemy, I was reading again uh, one of my favorite mangas from when I was a teenager, which is a Gaiver by Armor. It's, it's it's still unfinished. The guy hasn't finished the the, the manga, but it's a great manga nevertheless. And uh, you know there is all this um, concept of biology and changing biology and I don't know, I was kind of inspired by that too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was really cool. So obviously there's loads in the game. What bits are you each most proud of? Okay. Um, <laughs> Who wants to go first? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really proud of the games. I think it's all the games we made is my absolute favorite. And just the way it comes together, the way the way we do custom stuff that we can do, because the game is not uh, designed a way that will design a game for the Mega Drive where it had 64K of memory, right? So we don't have those limitations. So we could just really say, oh, would it be cool if you did that and this will happen? And we could just do it. We could even do a full screen animation, custom mini game. So just the way we put the game together and it works, uh, I think is something fresh, especially for pixel art. And I really like this idea of a uh, handcrafted game in an age of AI, 3D programs. It's so good to work with our talented artists like uh, Leo Miles and Tom, uh, in Jack and Robbie as well for audio, to put everything together and make like an interactive adventure. That's, that's what we love to do. So we really enjoy working on the project. We're very proud of it and we want to do more of it in the future. So that's that's my answer. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on my end, well, we took our time to really polish this game and really leave no corners untouched. So it, it sounds cliche, but I could say that literally every single part of the game I am proud of because we really left like we have no excuses. We really like strive for excellence with every single drawing that we did. Um, but personally, the one I'm most attached to, I'd say, would be the pizza screen, which you see at the start mm. of the game um, after the rooftops. And that is because that was kind of the first screen, the first background I worked on where, we, where it clicked for us, right? And yeah. that, that was the one that we then proceeded to use for reference every time we would create a new background. We would go like, okay, we, we want to get what we got here, right? And it's also a nice piece because David started working on it, then I took over it, and then Miles took over it as well. So it's kind of like a collaborative yeah. piece sure. that ended up being one of our like core images for the whole game. So I would say that would, that would be one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm most proud of, and and I'm not even responsible for this, is is the size of the game. It's uh, like the actual memory of it. it. That's something that I always, you know, yeah. 
tell people is it's it's a tiny game and i think what well, it's in megabytes 43 megabytes 43 yeah. megabytes of which like 60 percent is just audio yeah yeah something like that it's yeah. yeah it's it's absolutely tiny and um so and the fact that we have our own engine as well like that's something that i'm very proud of but the bits that i'm you know personally responsible for um i what i really like is the whole sort of voxel model stuff because initially when when i came on we were doing sprite layering and it was a really complicated way and you're trying to visualize these models in your head and it just didn't work but then doing that making the voxel models and i had to use a completely different technique to what i usually had because it's not a 3d model it's it's a 2d image really is what it is once you port it into the game um so the stuff that i made with that i was really happy with and and actually i ended up using that for the achievement screens as as well so we've got these voxel models rotating holograms the achievement screen yeah um, I, did, I did like the uh, the achievement screen actually because that, that that's yeah. for me as somebody who does achievement hunting videos it's useful to uh, sort of like um you know show them it not with the you know like the side panels that come up a yeah, lot sure just, yeah it look a bit of a mess whereas doing something like that and also it just gives that extra little bit back does it in terms yeah. of you know you've got the achievement and there's a like little reward of this rotating yeah, it's like a little trophy room is the way that I sort of imagined it rather than, yeah, like a checklist kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then as well, the title screen. I really like the title screen. <laughs> uh, I was about to say this. Uh, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's one really, of my favourite yeah. pieces that I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the title screen really sort of like sets the, the image of the game uh, yeah. as well. So it's really nice. I mean, <clears throat> um, I think, Ali, you mentioned earlier on about kids in lockdown and i really did like your message at the end as well i thought that was a very sort of touching and i think it's actually a very touching story with what happens at the end we won't do any spoilers because uh, we want people to play the game and enjoy it but um I, I you know i enjoyed the sort of like story that it was uh, uh told as well um so in terms of now obviously presumably once it's out on the evercade are you looking at playstation as well or is that yes yeah as well yeah yeah okay uh so what's next for out of the bit oh, good question so yeah i mean i can say we already started working on the next project okay and we are very very excited about it we mm. cannot wait to share more we cannot share much at the moment i'd say if you like football you're going to like this but this this time will be a more colorful game because we are out of lockdown and we want to try <laughs> something else but still, it will be an adventure, an interactive adventure in a way. Uh, still 2D uh, kind of puzzle platform, but there will be a lot of uh, new stuff as well. So. Well, I do hope that you do keep us updated about what you're going to do in the future, because, you know, it's um, this has certainly been great speaking to you, and I'd love to speak to you about future projects. Same. Well. Yeah. Um, so, as I, as I mentioned before, um, you know, the game's already out on Steam, it's coming out on Xbox. Do you want to tell us when it's available on what platforms? Of course, so it's already out on Steam. Uh, it supports Mac, PC, and Linux, Steam Deck as well, uh, like we mentioned. And then on Xbox will be out uh, next week on the 12th. Mm -hmm. uh, and then same with a Nintendo Switch. But people can already pre-order the game now on Nintendo Switch, eShop, and Xbox. And they get 20% off uh, on the price of the game. So you can do it now. And then a session, once we know the date, will 
announce on our Twitter. So we are out of the beta Twitter or X. <laughs> Sorry, we got delivery. So uh, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, so we are going to be out on PlayStation soon as well. But as soon as we got news, we put it on our social media. Uh, yeah, and also we're going to be a was next week in London. So there will be was. Uh, IGN event in London, which would we'll be very happy to be part of. So if you, anyone of the listeners are around, want to come and say hello, they will be very welcome. Uh, okay. We're going to be attending EGX as well in October. So we're going to be busy promoting Full Void as well. I might try and get to EGX, but unfortunately I'm not yeah, going please. to get to work. Okay. <laughs> I, I will, I will uh, look you up if, uh, if I do get there, but it'd be lovely to you in person. Please do, amazing. Okay, well... Thank you uh, all for uh, coming on the, uh, this special podcast. Um, really enjoyed the game. Looking forward to uh, the Evercade release and uh, you know playing it on there as well. Um, and you know uh, that's it. So if you've enjoyed this uh, show, uh, if you're a listener, then um, please don't forget to subscribe because that would really fill our void in subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you all very much. I will see you. Thank you. Thank you for having us on your podcast. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye-bye. Goodbye.